and welcome to Gloucester Vineyard Church's weekly podcast. We're creating a community that brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire and we are thrilled that you've downloaded this message. We hope you enjoy this message and that it speaks to you where you're at. If you'd like to know more about us as a church or how you can join in on a Sunday morning, you can find all the details on our website, www.gloucestervineyard.org. So without further ado, here's the message for this week. So I think probably all of us can relate to that feeling of like going on to autopilot when you're doing a task which is maybe a little bit mundane, maybe something we've done about a million times before. I think we can all relate to that feeling of like your mind switching off and your muscle memories kind of kicking in. You're either like washing up and all of a sudden before you know it, you're finished winner or else you're driving to Tesco's and you suddenly kind of wake up and you realize oh I'm going south on the M5 this is not the way to Tesco's I've definitely done that one before um I I used to get this all the time when I was working as a gardener um, which I've done for the majority of my career now I absolutely love gardening it's wonderful and I really miss doing it every day but uh, it can't be denied that there are some key tasks uh, in the gardening world which are pretty repetitive and maybe a little bit boring like mowing a really big lawn just literally just up and down up and down up and down or raking up leaves which has been scientifically proven to be the most boring and soul-destroying task ever or just simply weeding a flower bed like it doesn't take much for me to switch my attention off and just let my muscle memory kick in and just kind of just, just do it without thinking. Um, and as I was praying about what to share this morning, and as I've been reflecting on this last year and how it's disrupted our church's life, and I've been thinking a lot about our Sunday morning gatherings. Obviously, we gathered for the first time last week, and we're going to be doing more of that in the months to come. I've just been reflecting on how easy it is for us to go into autopilot as a church, especially when it comes to our Sunday morning gatherings. It's so easy for us to kind of turn our brains off and just let muscle memory kick in and to just go to church on Sunday mornings at half past ten because that's what well-behaved Christians do on a Sunday. And the problem with going into autopilot, or the danger really, is that when we're in autopilot, we're not acting out of a sense of passion, a sense of vision, a sense of love, a sense of conviction. There's, there's a danger that we're just going through the motions. And further, there's a danger that we actually lose sight of and forget why we even gather on Sunday mornings in the first place. So this morning, I want to really briefly ask that question. Why do we gather on Sunday mornings? Now, I'm sure that each of us has missed gathering in person as we normally would do. And I know that actually for some of us here this morning, you've never joined us during a Sunday morning because you've you've come during the pandemic and you've never been to a Gloucester Vineyard Church gathering in person. But normally we love to do a whole bunch of things which just COVID hasn't allowed us to do. So we love to sing as a community really loudly, like from the bottom of our lungs, filling the air with the sound of our voices and no doubt with billions of virus particles as well. Um, we spend probably far too much time hanging around drinking coffee, eating donuts, just chatting and mingling. There's plenty of hugs, loads of laughter and occasionally a couple of moments of tears as well. There's usually kids running around everywhere screaming their little heads off. Um, and we love to lay hands on people, gather around people and just pray for them and speak truth over them. Like no social distancing going on there. But, like These are the things that we love to do. These are the best things about Sunday mornings and the things that we love to do as we gather as a church. And we're going to bob into our breakout rooms really quickly now to just share a couple of those things. Like for you individually, what are the things that you've most missed about meeting in person on Sunday mornings? Uh, We'll be back here in five minutes. I'll see you then. So I'm sure all of us 
are really looking forward to June when we can theoretically do all of that stuff again. And as nice as all of that stuff is, none of it is actually the reason why we gather. As much as we really love good coffee and treats, we don't gather for that. As much as it's wonderful to hang out and chat and catch up and make new friends, that's not the core reason why we gather on Sundays. Even the singing, which is a core and essential part of our worship and our life as a community, that's not the central reason why we meet on Sunday mornings. And that's one of the real dangers about going into autopilot. As I said, because if we're not careful, we lose sight of the reason we're doing things in the first place. And churches like our church, all churches and all organisations, we're, we're not an exception to this. Even churches like ours, which in reality, we've only been going for about five minutes. It's so easy for us to lose sight of the reason why we're gathering. And it makes we can very easily make it about the coffee, about the community and even about the singing. When, reality, when in reality, all of those things are actually serving a larger purpose. Everything we do on a Sunday morning is actually pushing towards a goal, a reason why we meet, an answer to that question. Why are we doing this? Now, in many ways, COVID has been a real gift to the global church because churches everywhere have been asking just that question. Questions like our, um, questions just like these, like, why are we gathering on Sunday morning? What is core to Christian worship? Are we asking Sunday mornings to carry too much weight and do too many things? And I've got to tell you that as a church nerd like I am, it's been absolutely heaven to ask those questions. There's nothing I like more than taking things apart, asking questions about how things work and if they could work better and then putting things back together and giving it a go. So I've actually personally quite enjoyed reinventing our church over this last year. Sometimes it's been awful and really hard, but mostly it's been a really stimulating challenge. And for different churches, the answer to that question, that core question of why are we doing this? That are the, the answer to that question will be different. For some churches, the reason for gathering on Sunday mornings is to teach people, to teach adults and kids about the way of Jesus. And that is a brilliant reason to gather, but it's not ours. For some churches, the reason to gather is it is all about the singing. It's about worshipping together. And though that's one of the most essential parts of our gathering, that's not the main reason. So let's take some time to answer that question. Why do we, Gloucester Vineyard Church, gather on Sunday mornings? And for Emily and I, it's actually quite an easy question to answer because when you go through the process of planting a church like we did a few years ago, you kind of start with a bit of a blank slate. Or in my humble opinion, you should start with a bit of a blank slate. And onto that blank slate, you ask the really big meaty questions about what does it mean to be a church? What does our city look like? What does our city actually need? How has God uniquely designed us? What makes a church unique from any other kind of social club? And you ask questions like, why do we sing on Sunday mornings? Like, why 10.30? Why Sundays? Why coffee? Why do we have a talk or a preach or a sermon? What should churches be doing with their time, energy and money? Really fun questions to ask and questions that we continue to ask really regularly. And we ask them with all of you guys. And I can't tell you, it has been a sheer joy for us over the last few years to ask those really important questions with you guys and hear different answers to ours. And just watching our church grow and change in the process has been a sheer joy. But as I was saying, Emily and I have quite recently actually asked all those questions. Why do we gather on Sundays? So our answer is actually quite fresh in our minds. And our answer was guided and inspired by a couple of really key bits of Bible and things that Jesus said, which, we've, which have been really foundational to the way that we think about church and about why we gather on a Sunday morning. 
The first one is a short story, which we call a parable, uh, that Jesus tells in Matthew's biography of Jesus' life. It's in chapter 18, and Jesus says this. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, what will he do? It's a good question. Won't he leave the 99 on the hills and go in search of the one that was lost? And when he finds it, I tell you the truth, he will rejoice over it more than over the 99 that didn't wander away. In the same way, it's not my heavenly father's will that even one of these little ones should perish. Now, this is let's face it, a bonkers little story. We tend to read it with our like kind of Bible autopilot goggles on and go, yes, Jesus goes after the lost sheep. I'm like, no, turn off your autopilot. Like, let's just think about this for a minute. Let's put ourselves in this guy's shoes. This guy has 100 sheep. He loses one and he thinks, it's only one sheep. I still have 99 others. Like, that's what you and I would do. Like, this guy chalks that sheep up as a loss, or at least I would. You know, you, you don't go searching for that lost sheep you could very easily lose those 99. You would be nuts to go searching the hillside for this one sheep. And then when he finds this one sheep, he's happier that he found this one sheep than that the 99 didn't wander away. Like, I would be over the moon that the 99 was still there, and I'd be furious with the one that had walked away. Like, this is a reckless shepherd. His priorities are all over the place. But this is how Jesus feels about people who don't yet know him. This is a story about how much Jesus loves people um, who are, as the story puts it, lost. That line which says he rejoices more over the one he found than the 99 who remained, it punches me in the gut every time I read it. Another translation of that verse says that there is more rejoicing in heaven when one lost sheep returns than for the 99 that stayed put. And as a church, we want to be a community which causes a party in heaven. We want to have Jesus' heart for lost sheep, to have a constant awareness that we are surrounded by lost sheep, to not get comfortable and cosy with the sheep who have gathered, but rather to risk it all for the sheep that's missing. That's why we as a church are constantly looking outside to those who don't yet know Jesus and crucially altering the way that we do things, especially on a Sunday morning, to make it as easy as possible for people to come and meet Jesus. Now, let's be just really clear about this. Jesus is the one and the Holy Spirit is the one who searches the hillsides for the lost sheep. But our job as the gathered sheep is to be faithful. Our job is to also join in with Jesus' mission as well. And so this verse is one of the, this verse and the heart that comes with it informs the reason we gather on Sunday mornings. Another really crucial bit of the Bible which informs why we gather can be found in something that Jesus said to his mate John in John's biography. Jesus said this, and he, again, he's talking about sheep. I didn't plan that. Um, but he's talking about how when people come into the fold, when they join his flock, that he takes care of them. And he says this, he says, I am the gate, the gates through which the sheep come into the fold. Those who come in through me will be saved and they will come and go freely and will find good pastures. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus is saying that the thief is the one who caused those sheep to be lost in the first place. And my purpose, Jesus' purpose, is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Jesus is talking again about what that, that he's like a shepherd, he, that he's the kind of shepherd who goes out for the lost sheep. But he's not just interested in bringing them back for the sake of it. He wants to give his sheep a rich and satisfying life. Do you want a rich and satisfying life? 
because I feel like I really do. Jesus also talks about the thief, which is the one, which is one of the ways that he talks about the devil and the mess that this world is in because of the devil's work. And he paints it in a way which really simply says, hey, life with Jesus is a path to a rich and satisfying life. The path that the world paves will rob you of that. And so Jesus isn't just gathering sheep for the sake of it. He's not just saving them because they're lost. He's gathering them to give them a good life. He doesn't promise them an easy life. In fact, he promises the exact opposite, but he did promise a good life. He says that sheep, his sheep will find green pastures and it doesn't get any better for a sheep than green pastures. So this, ver- this verse also really informs and is foundational to who we are as a church and why we gather on Sunday mornings. We want to talk about and put on display the goodness of a life lived with Jesus. That when those lost sheep come in through our doors, we want everything we do from the welcome they receive to the quality of the food and the drink, to the music, to the smell, to the people, the games, the fun, the lack of judgment, everything to shout as loud as we can that God is good and that he wants a good life for each and every one of us. And finally, and I really tried to make this one about sheep too, um, there's one thing which we as a church have which no other group in this city can lay claim to because any community can be welcoming if they try hard enough. Any community can be joyful. Any community can serve nice coffee and give out good life advice. But we as a church have one thing which sets us apart and motivates us in a way which no other group can lay claim. And that is that we have the presence of God, Jesus himself, in our midst when we gather. We believe that by his Holy Spirit, Jesus comes and joins in with us on Sunday morning and throughout the week. But that there's something really powerful about when God's people gather to worship Jesus. Wonderful and powerful things can happen. The kind of things which don't happen in any other spaces in our city. That people get physically and instantly healed. That people hear words directly from God's heart through one of us sharing a prophetic word with someone. That addictions can be broken or we can be filled with the strength to fight another day. That hearts are restored and mended as we sing the truth about who God is and who we are. That lies people have spoken over us get rubbed out and replaced with God's truth. Ordinary people have encounters with Jesus. His presence is in the room and that's what sets us apart as a community. Now, don't you think that that's what our city needs? Isn't that what our county needs? Isn't that what our friends and our neighbours need? And it's that which sets our community apart. And it's, bit, and it's what set God's community apart from the very beginning. There's a wonderful story about a guy called Moses right at the beginning of the Bible. And God's basically been living with these people for a little while. And he takes Moses to one side and he's like, dude, I can't hang around with these people anymore because they as a community, they just don't get it. And he basically says, I'll send you away. I'll send an angel with you, but I'm not going with you. And Moses basically begs God to come with them, to journey with them. And he says, look, if you're not personally present with us, then how will anyone know that we're your people? And guys, the same is true for us. We are a community blessed with the presence of God, with the presence of Jesus, with the Holy Spirit in our lives and also in our gatherings. And when God shows up, things start shifting and changing in powerful ways. And so when we gather on Sundays, we want to make space for God to move powerfully, for people to open their hearts up to his presence and to be transformed. So to bring all this into land, we are creating a community which brings hope and joy to Gloucestershire. And one thing that I've learned over COVID is that our Sunday mornings actually play a really important part 
in that mission. That Sunday mornings, they're not the be-all and end-all of who we are as a church or how we are fulfilling Jesus' instructions to make disciples and love our neighbours, but it is an extremely important part of it. Far from this being a conversation about why Sunday mornings need to be less important and carry less weight, we believe that our Sunday morning gatherings are extremely important and should by no means carry all the weight, but they do have a significant role to play in our mission here in Gloucestershire. Now, when Emily and I were looking to condense all these thoughts and bits of Bible into a sentence that we could use to guide our thinking, we came up with this, that our Sunday morning gatherings are about giving people a taste of the goodness of God and encouraging people to take their next steps towards Jesus. I'll say that again. Sunday morning gatherings are about giving people a taste of the goodness of God and encouraging people to take their next steps towards him. Now, we want everything we do on a Sunday morning to be a display of God's goodness, and we want everything we do to be as accessible and helpful to people wherever they're at in their journey towards Jesus, especially if they're taking their first steps towards him. We want our Sunday mornings to be about people encountering God in all of his goodness, in all of his fullness and in all of his power, in all of these transformative ways, which means we need to expect that, we need to plan for that and we need to make space for that. So how should we respond to all of this? Primarily, we should look to turn off our autopilot when it comes to Sunday mornings, to not just come because that's what well-behaved Christians do on Sundays, but because we're gathered for a purpose. And there will be weeks when each of us will come, we'll be broken, we'll be tired, we'll be battered, we'll be in need of a recharge and a fresh taste of the goodness of God. And that's okay. But there will also be weeks when we come and our role will be to plug into that vision of why we've gathered and to play our part in being a taste of God's goodness to those who don't yet know it. And so secondly, our response should be to own that vision, that Sunday morning purpose as our vision, as our purpose and our responsibility. That when we come, we're not just coming to get something, we're coming to give something. We're not just looking to be well welcomed ourselves, but we're looking to be a welcome to others. That when we come, we're not looking to be served and poured into, but rather we're looking to serve others and pour into them. We're not coming to be blessed. We're coming to be a blessing. And so when we regather over the coming months, I really want to encourage us to keep this message in the forefront of our minds, to remind ourselves that, yes, we are getting back to normal, but that normal is not autopilot, not just back to the way things were. That normal for us is to be a community captivated and transformed by God's amazing love and tripping over ourselves for opportunities to share that love with our friends and our neighbours. That normal for us is looking for ways that we can serve others, be that introducing our children who come to Jesus' amazing love and setting them down a path which will lead them into life. I mean, could there be a more worthy cause for our time and our energy? than investing in our children. Like, how would our city look different if in the next generation to come, our city and our nation were full of people who from the age of three have known the love of Jesus and the power of his presence? Can you imagine that? What what better use of our time could there be than investing in our children? Or whether you look for opportunities to welcome people on Sunday mornings, either as part of the hospitality team or arguably more importantly, as just a human being full of the love of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, going to say hello and putting God's love on display. We are all responsible for showcasing the hospitality of God. Or whether you've got skills when it comes to music, either playing it or producing it. As I've said, music is such an important part of our gatherings. So if you're gifted in that way, put yourself forward to serve the church with that. We all have our part to play. This is our vision. This is our mission. This is why we gather on Sunday mornings, to give people a taste of the goodness of God and to encourage people to take their next steps towards him. 
Okay, that's all for this week. I hope that blessed you and you found that helpful. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and check out our website, www.glostervineyard.org. Mm-hmm.